Welcome to the latest edition of our Fixed Interest podcast series. My name's Tony Stringer and I'm the Managing Director in Fitch's Global Sovereigns Group. I'm joined today by Ed Parker, Head of EMEA Sovereign Ratings and the lead author of a recent report on climate change. So Ed, climate change has been a huge topic of political discourse over recent years, but how do we think about it conceptually in the context of our sovereign ratings? Climate change is happening and will have an increasing effect on sovereign creditworthiness. Fitch aims to capture the effects in sovereign ratings as we do for all factors that we believe are relevant and material for creditworthiness. Some impact is already visible and reflected in ratings. However, uncertainties over the magnitude and timing of the full future impact are very high. As Fitch and the wider world understands more about these uncertainties, then we can more fully and accurately reflect climate change in sovereign ratings. The impact will continue to intensify. However, many of the more severe effects are not expected for decades. So we expect climate change to trigger more rating actions as the effects become clearer, closer and more material. When we think about our ratings, we're primarily focusing on our economic and financial forecasts and potential developments over the next couple of years. However, climate change is inherently a slow-moving phenomenon, so how difficult is it to quantify the impact and especially the timing of climate change on our ratings? Yes, there's an understandable clamour for us to factor all climate change risk into ratings now, but we believe the inherent uncertainties make that simply unrealistic. A comprehensive assessment of the future risks would require further information, analysis or assumptions on issues including future international policy actions on greenhouse gas emissions and the effect of their resulting atmospheric stock on global temperatures, the sovereign exposure to country-specific rises in temperature, drought, sea level, extreme weather and natural disasters, the constraints on exploitation of fossil fuels, the likely effectiveness of mitigation adaptation strategies. It would also require assessment of the impact of these issues on variables that directly affect sovereign creditworthiness, such as GDP, public finances and political risk. As you say, we also need to make judgments on relevant time and rating horizons. Some effects of climate change can already be seen, but many of the more severe effects are expected to only build up or strike over the coming decades. Ratings are forward-looking and can take into account secular shifts, broad expectations and qualitative risks about the long term, including known unknowns. However, they typically place more weight on near-term developments than uncertain long-term projections. The coronavirus shock provides a vivid example. In the report, you mention a few specific terms including physical risks and transition risks. Can you elaborate on the difference between these two categories of risk and which one may be more relevant for sovereign credit profiles? And also, are there other climate-related risks that we need to consider? Sure. Physical risks refer to the impact of higher temperatures, drought, rising sea levels, more extreme weather events and incidences of natural disasters. The sovereign's most vulnerable are those whose geography puts them in harm's way of such adverse trends or events, and whose small size or economic structure would make the impact more systemic. Small low-lying islands situated in zones of violent weather are one example. 
the materiality of physical risks will depend greatly on whether global warming turns out to be, say, 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels or 4 degrees, particularly given the non-linearities involved. There are numerous scenarios, but what will actually happen remains fundamentally uncertain. Transition risks include exposure to potentially stranded assets, such as fossil fuel resources that may never be used, owing to changes in global policies, technology or consumer preferences. Major exporters of fossil fuels are the most vulnerable. Other risks include domestic political stability, international trade relations, heightened conflict and deep changes to institutions or economic policies. And I think we also need to recognise that there may well be unknown unknowns here. Another important issue is that countries will have varying capacities to adapt to and mitigate physical risks or diversify economies to limit transition risks through policy changes and deploying resources and know-how. Small, poor countries with limited resources and weak governance will have less capacity. A central part of Fitch's sovereign rating criteria is our proprietary sovereign rating model. How do climate change issues feed into the variables within the model? Ex post the impact of some aspects of climate change, such as increased incidences and intensity of natural disasters or reduced fiscal and external revenues from fossil fuels, will be at least partially captured by variables that feed into Fitch's sovereign rating model, such as GDP growth, GDP growth volatility, the budget balance, government debt, the current account balance and sovereign net foreign assets. Some SRM variables also have some correlation with ex-ante climate change risks, including sharing world GDP, which captures diversification and resilience to shocks, GDP per capita and governance indicators, which capture some aspects of adaptation and mitigation capacity, and commodity dependence, which may capture some aspects of stranded asset risk. Nevertheless, the SRM, which is a quantitative model with parameters which are necessarily estimated on past data, will not fully capture climate change risks, which are increasing over time, and neither we believe, will other quantitative models, rankings, heat maps or scenario analysis. Just to underline that, for many sovereigns, climate change risk will depend more on a weakest link than an average ranking of several factors. For example, if an island economy will be underwater and cease to exist, then it will be immaterial if it ranks well on other factors such as transition risk. Therefore, for the foreseeable future, Fitch expects to supplement the SRM with forward-looking qualitative rating adjustments when it believes that the risk of climate change is sufficiently relevant and material to sovereign creditworthiness. Finally, given the focus of investors on ESG considerations, how does climate change currently influence Fitch's assessment of ESG relevance scores for sovereign issuers? And do you expect that to change over time? Natural disasters and climate change is one of the 15 ESG factors that Fitch assesses as part of our ESG relevance scores. As a quick recap, our ESG relevance scores are an integrated scoring system to provide transparency on the relevance and materiality of 15 ESG factors to each sovereign rating, as well as an overall ESG relevance score. 
Scores range from five for factors that are individually a key rating driver with a high weight to one for those that are irrelevant to all sovereigns from a credit perspective. And just to emphasize, Fitch does not provide an opinion on ESG risk itself or whether an entity engages in good or bad ESG practices. Instead, the relevant scores show which E, S and G factors are influencing the credit rating decision. Governance has always been an integral and critical part of Fitch's sovereign credit analysis, underscored by the World Bank governance indicators having the highest weight of any variable in the SRM. In general, environmental factors are a lesser influence on current ratings. However, as climate change becomes more material, it's likely to become a more important driver of sovereign ratings, and I would expect the environmental relevance scores to increase. Thanks for those insights, Ed, and thank you for listening. You can access the report titled Climate Change Impact on Sovereign Ratings, a Primer, along with our other sovereign and economics research on Fitch's website. We hope you join us for the next edition of Fixed Interests.